subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Richard, Tommy and I were discussing this earlier. Don't know if the season would have been entirely over if Mark didn't hit that shot last night. But, man, it, it sure gives you a whole new perspective on what could happen in conference play, doesn't it? Oh, there's no doubt. Anytime you're on a losing streak, uh, and uh, especially some of the games that Arkansas has played recently, you know, you're just going to have a negative attitude about the season and then, then last night kind of helps. Uh, they they win Saturday. That uh, you know you're you're going to have some fans thinking uh, you know pretty positive and optimistic about the the remainder of the season, and, and then some will be cautiously optimistic. I I should say also, but uh, uh, but yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, anytime you win and, and you win the, the way that they did, and they did in a way that they they. They did earlier in the season by going to the free throw line, hitting their free throws, playing pretty good defense, hitting hitting shots. I don't know what the percentage was overall last night, but uh, uh, you know they, they did seem to be a little bit uh, better offensively, flowing ball movement and and uh, and the percentage. But uh, it, it definitely kind of changes yeah. your mind. Yeah, particularly in the first half, the Hogs were 53% from the floor. They were pretty dreadful in the second half, just made six field goals for 24% before the game right at 40%. I, I, I contend if, if Mark's shot doesn't go in and you end up losing what would have been 77-76 if it hadn't have gone in, after having a 20-point lead, after the way you've lost, if you'd have, if you'd have dropped to zero and four rather than the one and three we're talking about this morning, I know it's early in the year to call it a dagger, but I don't know if that's a, the the kind of loss you can come back from when you add everything in that's happened this year. Man, I, that I don't want to say it saved the season, but it you could have went down a whole different path if that last shot doesn't go in for Mark. Oh yeah, I mean you said it, Tommy. I mean being up by twenty and. Uh... And coming back and losing uh, the, the way if 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 March March shot doesn't go in, yeah, uh, the the whole mentality would just have been uh, disastrous, and uh, there would have been people uh, obviously very very upset and 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 not thinking uh, very positive about the the future of the season. So there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you, you don't want to you don't want to. Uh, uh, you know, have that type of game and, and, and be at home and, and, and just, you know, obviously it's, it's a positive feeling right now, but it could have been obviously the, right the opposite. Obviously the story's Mark's 35. That's nearly half your points in the ball game last night. Uh, and he, dude got to the free throw line. He was 17 to 22, Richard, from the stripe. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's doing what, what Coach Muss has been talking about, and that's drawing contact and getting to the line and getting those points. Yeah, and he, he's a master at uh, being able to do that, especially when he goes in the lane and, and, uh, among the bigs. 
he, he can just hang up there and he, he, he has that, uh, the ability to, 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 uh, to, to make shots in the lane. And that's just, his, that's his strength. He, he's able to uh, make that uh, first step and get by the defender. And, uh, he's, 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 and he's so confident too. I mean, he obviously there's, there's, I, you know, there may be some other guys that can hit that shot, but I don't know if there's uh, another guy on the team that has as much confidence in himself as uh, March does. You know, what's crazy is like he wasn't one of the main pieces at Houston in terms of like a score, and he had some again games for the Cougars, but uh, has definitely transformed himself offensively here in Fayetteville. As we're talking with our guy Richard Davenport here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Some football questions for you, RD Miguel Mitchell, Florida transfer. Defensive back, uh, what can you tell us about Arkansas's latest addition that happened last week? Yeah, he, well, he's a guy that uh, I was able to talk to after after he visited, and the first thing that stood out to me, and I, I asked him because I know he, uh, I'm sure he gets it. He's six, he's listed six one to two fifteen, but he he looks like a linebacker. And he laughed when I said, uh, "I'm sure you get." Uh, the linebacker uh, part uh, a few times. And he says, "Yeah, a lot of people do." But he says, "I'm a safety," and he's he's a guy that uh, you know, at least from a physical standpoint, I didn't see much film of him uh, this past season, bits and pieces. But he he's a guy that uh, I, if I'm a receiver, I'm I'm paying attention to when I'm coming across the middle because uh, he he is a bigger dude uh, at that position. And uh, very and 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 has that uh, you know imposing uh, physical presence that uh, I think uh, most people are going to be aware of uh, if if you know if he does see the field like we we anticipate him doing. Richard, one of the things we discussed at the tail end of last week after the Nick Saban and Alabama announcement was raiding Alabama, not just Arkansas. We've seen Texas do it. We've seen them lose some commits. How vulnerable? Do you think the Crimson Tide are right now, both with players on their roster and guys that might not make it to Tuscaloosa? Well, I mean, there's always guys that, uh, you know, they, 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 for the most part, let's face it, most, most guys go play for, for a coaching staff or a particular coach. Uh, the name of the school is definitely big, especially if you're Alabama, but uh, going to a school and playing for the Probably the greatest coach that's ever coached on, on the college level has has probably been a goal for a lot of guys. Uh, not only just for being able to play for him, but also his ability to get guys to the league. And then uh, this guy, then, then Saban is gone. Uh, you, you've already seen some defections, but at the same time, I, I think uh, probably the majority of guys will give the new coach a, a chance. And and I guess uh, there was one guy quoted saying that the. Uh, guys on the team need to give uh, give him a chance because he was impressed with him and and he, he was very relatable. So I mean we'll we'll see how it pans out, but uh, there's always uh, there's always going to be possible defections, especially when you're playing for a legend and then then another coach, even even though he's been very successful uh, recently, uh, he's no saving. Yeah, and you know we were talking yesterday. Ty went over this a little bit, but maybe you can go a little more in depth that. The transfer portal rules allow that if your head coach leaves, so Alabama players, Washington players, I guess, you know, Arizona and some other places will fall into this category. You have a little more time uh, in the portal if, you're, if your head coach leaves. 
How does that also yeah, yeah. how does that also interact though when schools have deadlines for when you can enroll uh, and still be enrolled in classes for spring semester? No, you're exactly right. I mean, I, Arkansas the 22nd's the latest uh, someone can uh, enroll uh, for the spring semester. I, I don't know. Obviously, don't know what the other schools have, but uh, there's usually there's usually uh, about a four or five day uh, grace period when uh, when classes start at a particular school. Uh, they have uh, you know four or five days after classes start to enroll. So it's it, it's going to be bam, bam, bam. I mean, if, if these guys want to uh, to transfer and, and, and go to another school, uh, you, when a school when a school loses a head coach, uh, those guys have 30 days to enter the portal. Obviously, they they, they got to make a quick decision now in order to try to find. And, and they, if they do decide to transfer, they may they may have a reduced uh, pool of schools just because of what I just said about uh, the last day that they can. Uh, enroll in classes at a particular school. So uh, it's uh, Keyshawn uh, Blackstock uh, from Michigan State. Uh, he, he was one of those guys that when uh, Michigan State made a, a change earlier in the season, he had 30 days to enter the portal, which he did, and obviously he's a Razorback. But uh, it, it's, uh, you know, right now is not a good time if you're if you're a, a guy of uh, one of those teams uh, it's 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 a really really a rush uh, job to try to find another school Richard I got a question for you this this weekend they're not playing each other just yet maybe we could potentially see it wind up in an NFC championship game we got five Razorbacks participating I know we think about Dre Greenlaw and Brandon Allen for the 49ers and then Frank Ragnow and Dan Skipper for the uh, Detroit Lions and also um, I'm forgetting the uh, the cornerback that was at A-State that came to Arkansas is now Jerry Jacobs. yeah Jerry Jacobs but uh, just what what do you think about the prospect of maybe seeing those guys go at it in the NFC championship if they're both able to get by the divisional this weekend you know, I think I think all uh, you know, all people from Arkansas root for those guys. Uh, I know I do. I mean, I don't really have a particular favorite team, but I, uh, all the teams that I really follow uh, usually is is uh, associated with uh, a Razorback or two. And uh, so, yeah, and, and and then Dan Skipper, what a great story! I mean, um, to you know to. To be so determined and, and still stick it out and not give up, uh, you know, his dream of, you know, playing in the NFL. And he's, he's, he's bounced around several places. And he seems like, at least right now, he's found a place that, you know, he's appreciated and he's needed. And, and, and that's, uh, that's, 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 that's pretty hard, 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 heartwarming just because you always pull for guys that are willing to stick it out and, and overcome, you know, adversity. And, and he's obviously done that. But, uh, no, it'd be pretty cool if uh, they somehow uh, meet in the championship game and uh, and then you get to see them, uh, at least uh, some of them, go to the Super Bowl. Richard, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We appreciate your time as always. Big win last night for this basketball team. Hopefully we'll also see some other big wins for this football team on the commitment process in the next couple of days or weeks. Sounds good, guys. We'll see you, my man. All right, Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. We'll react to some thoughts here this morning. So I referenced the Detroit Lions with RD with three former Razorbacks that are playing. They are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday at 2 o'clock on NBC. Do you know anything about 
where they're playing in Detroit. Just do you know anything Ford, about that? Ford venue? Field, Ford Field, or, right? What I mean, do you know that it's not that old? I mean, in relative terms, that they built the. They used to be what the Silver Dome they played in, and now they played their Ford Field for. I don't know how many years, eight or ten, whatever it's been. Well, it is a What's Your Beef Wednesday, and one of the questions... No, I don't know much more about it than just watching it on TV. You knew the name. Do you know if it's indoors or outdoors? Well, it's indoors. Okay. You knew that, right? Right. You knew that not being a Detroit fan, not covering the team, not anything. I don't think there should be any special awards. No, but there should, because... All you have to do is watch a game. Or look it up. But apparently, this reporter in Tampa Bay... When asking the question to Tampa Bay head coach Todd Bowles, couldn't even do that. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, oh, no. 13 in no, uh, Detroit, no. which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures teams in the top two. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures oh. should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Now, I'm not advocating oh. for that reporter to be fired, but my gosh, you've got to have a meeting with your boss after one of those questions. I mean, your outlet, your publication, whoever you work for has to be disappointing you. Again, the reason I asked you that question, you don't cover the team. Glad I got you, don't right. even, you don't even <laughs> watch the NFL relative to like a ton of people, and yet you knew that. That reporter well, should have What a moron. Well, here's probably what happened. I'm just guessing. Uh, Tampa reporter, right? Is that what you said? I believe so. I'm not going to list her. I don't want to blast her, but still, I'm uh, by name. So what happens a lot of times is someone will cross over from the news department. To cover a sporting uh, event. Yeah. She's sa- and, and you got this wonderful question. Man, I'm going to ask this question about the weather. She didn't sound like the like a sports junkie. I, I know that's hard to tell just by... No, somebody- you don't have to be a junkie to know that, uh, you know, it's Ford Field. I know! Who owns the team? Uh, the the Ford family? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you don't have to be a genius to figure this one out. No. no so, no. my guess is... If that you probably sense. looked, I bet her assignment, I bet from the assignment desk, uh, she hadn't probably received. Now, why she's covering that event in a wild card weekend, I have no idea. But uh, that would be my guess is her normal beat is probably not sports. Makes sense. You don't get that far. Or she's incredibly hot. It's One or the other. I, I can't. I, I, you don't get that far uh, by asking those kind of questions. It's like she expected him to give an answer even after, like. I'll give Todd Bowles credit. Because he could have just ripped her a new one and was very, very, yeah. again, steady Eddie. Hey, we're just playing indoors this weekend. Uh, if, if other coaches got a hold of that question, they would have torn her up. But my goodness, it's not hard to, again, Google the stadium or just know it off the top of your head like Tommy yeah. did this morning. That was not that was not discussed before the segment. No, was not at all. I was that wondering was, where you were going with that, that question. That was pure <laughs> authenticity that he knew the name of the field wow. and he knew that it was indoors. It's the ball pumped or stuffed. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe that's the next question we should ask. Uh, so. That so just that, shows how long it's been since the Lions have been 
in the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. So anybody should have. Well, yeah, that, that's a good point, Big C. They don't know how to act in a playoff game. Yeah, they had one in 32. Uh, I know their their GM, forgetting, I think it's Mark something, was caught in an elevator video just going nuts. And I felt for all the Lions fans out there, 32 years without a playoff win. I have a few friends that are Detroit fans, and I know they have been as happy as they've been in well, their lifetime. It after was that it, win. it was kind of like when Arkansas finally got back to the Sweet 16 after. Was it 96 to what year was it? 21, I guess it was. 22, whatever it was. Yeah. But anyway, point was it wasn't yeah. 32 years, but it was a lengthy stretch. Um, not quite the same as, as what Detroit's been through, but uh, but, well, but it was a similar motion. I'm just trying to put it into relative terms for Razorback fans. I was in near tears when Texas Tech missed that. It would be like if we won the SEC title. It's been, you know... 89 since we won a conference title. Yeah, I mean, when Texas Tech missed that layup in, in Hinkle Fieldhouse, I was, uh, now, of course, in the media, I was having to just, like, not say anything yeah, and just hold up the camera, just, like, but I was shaking the entire time. That's why if you watch our video on hitthatline.com, you could just see the camera. It's just, like, shoddy camera. Oh, I'll, be, just, I'll be sure to go back and watch a four-year-old video. <laughs> yeah, so, do that. All right, let's come back to Arkansas basketball uh, again this morning. L. Ellis was a guy last night that played a good chunk of minutes. Three for 11, not his best shooting night. Had some key plays, six rebounds. Coach really liked that aspect. And listen, he hadn't played in a while. He's not used to that. Juco played a lot. Louisville played a lot. It was an adjustment for him. But he had to stay ready, and he did that last night. It was tough, you know, to be in that position because I ain't never been in that position in my career. I mean, during college or when I was at Louisville. But I just know I just had to stay ready, you know, stay in the gym. I got some really good teammates, you know, that kept my head up. I'm a really good coaching staff as well, so I just knew when I was going to get my opportunity sooner or later, and I just had to capitalize on it. And he was a part of that first half, which had nearly a season high in first half points. They ended up scoring 46. Didn't shoot the ball well in the second half, but it was him, Chandler Lawson, Trevin Brazil, Devontae Davis, and Tremont Mark that started. If you remember, that's who started at the beginning of the season. We'll see if they roll with it moving forward, but uh, he's got to be gritty. Again, not the biggest guy in the world, but I like what he brought on the glass standpoint. They're going to get out-rebounded at points this season. When your center and Chandler Lawson is 6'8", and I know Trevin's 6'10", and can jump out of the gym, but he's smaller as well. They're going to get out-physical at times, so those guards continuously have to rebound, and Tommy, you look at it, it was a clean game last night. Ten turnovers between both teams. I know they fouled a lot. There was, I think, 73 combined free throws in that game, but it wasn't just a slot game in terms of the back and forth possession losing. A&M only had two turnovers. Arkansas had eight. So, I mean, ten total. Coaches, I don't think we're disappointed in that aspect of their teams. But A&M turned their, point, or their turnovers into points. Arkansas did not, the ones that they did get a hold of. You're right, it was uh, clean from that standpoint. I still think that, you know, obviously the game comes down to the way Arkansas started the first, what, ten minutes? The way they got out of the gate and the way A&M couldn't throw in the ocean early in this game. We'll see A&M's first half numbers, not as dreadful as you think, but I don't have the, I would, I would be interested to see what like the under 12 box was during that timeout, but they were 11 of 38 in the first half, made one of 15 three-point attempts for the Aggies in the first 20 minutes of the game. That's obviously less than 10%, so 6.7%. Uh, Hogs were hot in the first half, but they, they struggled in the second half. It's a mm-hmm. good thing they built that first half lead and didn't didn't fart around out there because they'd have lost this game by 10 with the way they shot it in the second half. They had to have every bit of that cushion, and even then it wasn't enough. Mark had to make a play 
obviously with six seconds to go to win them the game. Yeah, I mean it, it was. I mean that, that's what gets covered up in all this is second half of the hog shoot twenty four percent from the floor. This text comes from uh, Brian in Springdale talking about Devontae Davis when we're going to discuss, again, his flagrant two last night. We which, always talked about it once. Yeah, we, we'll do it again. I, I just think for Devo in year four, and I, I realize he wears his heart on his sleeve. I'm the same way. I do things a lot of times that I shouldn't do just because of how animated and how passionate I get. He's an athlete, so that's amplified because he's on television, he's on the radio, and he's playing for your Arkansas Razorbacks, but we can't keep doing this. And we talked about... Uh, in it's McCoy, twice in about three, what, three or four games, yeah, whatever it's been. Makai Mitchell had four a technical games. foul where he just basically just like shoved a guy last night or hit, not, not yeah. hit him, but like, again... Arkansas has such a small room for error. And we discussed this last year. And I love Anthony Black. But there were times Anthony ticked me off last year because he just kept jawing and they kept losing. You can you can get away with those things if you're winning consistently because, again, the W is at the end of the call, not an L. But And Arkansas, again, was lucky to get away with it because you had that technical foul and you had the flagger. And I think the guy might have missed one or both free throws after Devo. But with the one-point game... Yeah. These little things matter, and Arkansas got lucky in some of those situations. I'll tell you time. another thing they got lucky on. I mean, well, let me talk about Devo there. That, that's twice in four ga- in four games. It's the Auburn game where he shoved the guy, and then last night where need or kicked, whatever you, however you want to describe that. Um, that's not the way a senior should act. Someone that's a captain for your team. So, you know, someone so, you know, supposed to have the word leader attached to describe their, their place on the team. So... There is, I mean, all you got to do is watch games. Don't just watch the Arkansas games. We love to blame referees, but, man, that Missouri-Alabama game had a, a handful of technicals for jawing and talking and, and acted a fool. I mean, they're not putting up with it anymore because it leads to things like what we've seen, and they don't want these things in the game. And, you know, clearly if you're barking and talking to, to your opponent after blocking a shot, which is what happened in that Bama game, or you're just talking noise after making a three – they're going to get you. At Grant Nelson. So he blocks this Missouri player's shot, and then two feet from the referee is talking you know yeah, what. Yeah. And then he looks at the ref like, what I do? It's like, <laughs> you can't do Moron. that. Uh, I mean, it was a great play. He's a great player. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McClarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. We have not played the What's Your Beef open in a while, so we're going to do that this morning because I was pretty fired up when I was watching this yesterday. What is wrong with you? I want to complain. I'm complaining. I want to complain about complaining. It really pisses me off today to simply listen to people whine and complain. I'm angry. I'm, I'm spitting angry. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. My heart rate is dangerously high right now. I'm complaining because not enough people tickle, hug, or smile. I'm so mad I could eat ball bears and crap BBs. It's time for What's Your Beef Wednesday. Tornado Oats is a tool. In a lot of different ways. <laughs> the Alabama head coach ripped a South Carolina player earlier this year, which is just not something you do as a head basketball coach. And I'm not going to call it a prominent university because Alabama has one of the lesser degrees of any SEC team. You go there because they're good at football. You don't go there to actually do something after college or make something of yourself. Why but, do you evaluate the degree level? Yeah. Well, Arkansas, Arkansas is near the top. I'll you know, say that. Totally botched of the Brandon what? Miller thing, and then he just well, keeps doing he things. Just continu- Big C's more on the right he line He continuously adds the Alabama hatred basketball, which I don't I don't think there's people that hate Wimp Sanderson or other Al- or Mark Godfrey. You didn't have any disdain. You didn't have any hatred, but this guy. So this joker yesterday, you watched it, I watched mm-hmm. it. Some of you didn't. Some of you have. There's an altercation near the Alabama bench yesterday in Missouri game, which was highly contested. A couple, uh, couple different times where tempers flared. It, it, it got was, heated. It, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Gates uh, learned under Leonard Hamilton, very stoic on the sidelines, but even he was getting mad at some of the officiating, which I thought was deserved of him at a few times last night. And I'm forgetting the, the player's name, but and Missouri and Alabama players are jawing near their bench and Oates, like... Now, this is right in front of the yeah, Bama bench. Oates, I mean, immediately in front of them. It's like cardinal rule as a head basketball coach, head football coach, head baseball coach. You don't put your hands on an opposing player. Doesn't matter the reason. Let the assistant coaches handle it. Let the players handle it. Grab your own guys. Get them out of the way. Like, I, I've always been taught, if you're if one of your boys is about to get in a fight, the only thing you're going to do is if you push off the other guys, escalate it. Grab your own guy. Hey, man, it's not worth it. Blah, blah, blah. Oates instead forearm shovers this kid, forearm yeah, shivers this kid, push him cool. out of the way, and I'll give that guy credit because again, a lot of other guys would have just started tempers would have flared and it would have gone wayside. But he this, didn't forearm shiver him; he put a hand in his chest, but he elbowed him and pushed him out and pushed him out of the way. Open palm, whatever, same yeah. thing. So he does that, and there's no technical divvy out to Nate Oates, which there should have been. 
I hope he gets a fine from the SEC because there's no, there's got to be some recourse to this. There's absolutely no reason that this bum who can't win in the NCAA tournament, has great regular seasons, can't do anything in the NCAA tournament, had one of the best Alabama teams ever last year, couldn't get by the Sweet 16, lost to San Diego State, who, by the way, Arkansas beat this past season. He's just an idiot. And you know what's funny? You know what's great? is if Eric Mussman was here with me right now and he could actually say what he thinks about Nate Oates publicly, he'd be going scorched earth on this guy. He There's not a coach in the SEC that Must dislikes more than Nate Oates, and it is just great. I, I love well, when coaches don't like each other and... When, and I wish they could just showcase it more. You don't want to do that because you've got to go to Tuscaloosa this year. you got to go to Coleman Coliseum. But the fact that he wasn't given a technical last night, the fact that I haven't gotten an email yet from Greg Sankey in the SEC office saying that he has been fined or suspended for his stupidity last night just ticks me off. Alabama well, basketball was not high on my hatred scale the last couple of years. This clown comes in all of a sudden they keep rising up rising up that's what you're mad about that's what you're mad about is they're good you can say what you want everything you said is right about oats but the guy keeps winning yeah in the regular season that's what's the key aspect to him they jack 50 bajillion threes each and every game and that works when you're playing conference basketball and non-conference basketball. They didn't have a great non-conference slate to this point, but when you actually get into the NCAA tournament and you're not used to the gym you play at and you're not used to some of the caliber of teams and the teams that, again, that you're not familiar with on the defense side, it doesn't work, and it hasn't worked. He's he's making Coach Cal a little more likable. I mean... We don't like Coach Cal. <laughs> That's but a good point. Nate Oates, man, he's turning into the villain. Must has now, respect for John Calipari. Again, they are competitors. They go at each other. Again, in some cases, they go after the same players out of high school, out of the transfer portal. I think, and again, I, I agree with everything you're saying about Nate Oates, and, and he shouldn't have done what he did last night in that game. But where is your disdain? Where is your disdain for what the player was doing right in front of the Alabama bench trying to start some crap there because that's what was going on. Well, he's Oates getting, was trying to de-escalate that and it was right it was getting ready to turn ugly and the Missouri player was the instigator. You know, if Missouri's player and again I'm, I'm Christian I mean, look in, up in, the point, that in player, a point of fairness. I wish he would have knocked his block off. I wish he would have uh, broken his nose. I wish he would have just <laughs> reconfigured his face last but night. But he was the one Causing all that well, the problem. What I mean, Oates causing the problem? The it was the players, Missouri players. The Alabama players were talking, you know what, to well, yeah. him last night. He just happened to be over there because I think it was a loose ball situation, and and that wasn't just on the Missouri player to to not. I, put, I just didn't hear you have any uh, responsibility gonna, listen, for him I, at all. I, I don't like any. I don't like Missouri either, but I like Dennis Gates and Missouri more than I do this Alabama basketball program. You're a lot right more now. fired up than Gates was about it. Well, again, he's a lot more. Steady Eddie and Stoic than I am. I think that our listeners that have listened for five plus years now that I go up and down on stuff like this. But Oates, first off, he dresses like an idiot. Second off, he can't <laughs> win postseason. And What's wrong with again, this dress? You don't like the plaid sport coats? Yeah, he's trying to pull off a Wimp Sanderson. He can't well, do it. No, it wasn't no. Connor Vanover. No, it was not Connor. <laughs> it was uh, Noah Carter, I believe. No. Okay, I think it was a. I think it was a different player. I know Noah Carter. It wasn't that guy, but. Uh, either way, it doesn't really matter who the player was. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of things happening right in front of the bench. Yes, so. and give credit to that Missouri player for not responding. But 
I the other thing, we keep having to go to Tuscaloosa. And Musk was like, we get so we get the schedule right. They schedule the press conference. Musk trots out there to the podium. And he's he's in a good mood for the most part until we get to that point of the questioning where they have to go to Tuscaloosa again. I think Arkansas has had to go to Tuscaloosa every year since Musk has been there. But they've only made like one or two return trips. Well, they were here last year. Yeah, and he game. beat him. John Petty got ejected. Jalen Tate got ejected. That was a fun game. Again, Arkansas fans are always going to hate Kentucky more than every team. It's like trying to convince an Arkansas fan that, hey, there's an opponent on the football field that you should hate more than Texas. It's never going to happen. But if you talk to the play and Auburn's, again, Auburn's risen as well. But if you talk to the players, especially Devo, who's been around for a while, guys, Alabama and Auburn are, are dang near at the top of the list, if not at the top of the list when it comes to, because they keep mm-hmm. going at each other. The, both those teams will have players. Kentucky, a lot of times, it's one and done, so you play a guy for a year, he jets off to the NBA, so you don't have that same animosity ever over, over and over. Alabama and Auburn, a lot of it's like guys have been around the block for both teams, and you think about just the rise and level of, of hatred for those, both those programs for Arkansas fans. I don't know which one is more. I just know that it was always Alabama and Arkansas and Auburn football that you were getting ticked off at because a lot of times they were better than you. But now it's like the competition level of those two schools in basketball has risen and it's made it a more fun basketball environment. Sorry, environment. it was Aiden Shaw. That's it, Aiden Shaw. Thanks, Christian. So again, props to you, Mr. Shaw. You should have. I on one front, I congratulate you for holding your temper. On the other front, you should have just taken a swing at Nate Oates and re, reconfigured his or face maybe, last or night. Or maybe he shouldn't just been down there talking crap to begin with. Okay, I, I've got to ask you something. I didn't watch you play middle school or any sports like that. Mm-hmm. When someone like jawed at you or got in your face, and and I know as an I official, just, you, you have just a different. Kept, you just kept draining you, three. You, you just said that's a you, different. You just speak with your play. I take more of the Dennis I know Gates you approach. say just, that, but I've heard you talk smack on the golf course, and well, I know young up. Tommy Kraft did not just was silent and stuff. So I don't know why. Again, you've changed your tune as an official because as an official you don't talk crap. I don't. Or maybe it, I just all, like needling you because I get this kind of response. It, but it's an emotional maybe, sport, maybe, though. It's you don't have like okay. A, so Nate Oates can have emotion. I mean, I'm just trying to. You're I'm the just trying head to, I'm coach. just trying to see how much. You're the These head coach of the He's the he's what like forty or fifty something. He is in a different. No, he's light. not allowed emotion. He is in a different light. Than, are you okay with what he did yesterday? No, in any way, shape, or form. So no, but 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 you act like the player shares no responsibility. That that the way the players were behaving has has no bearing on what happened. I will. Say I am. That. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not defending. Can't have, I mean, I, that, that to me, you lose all credibility in your Nate Oates argument when you when you go that direction. I'm not going to defend him in any way, shape, or form. That's Aiden fine. Shaw was getting. It's not like Aiden Shaw was. You could say maybe he was the instigator. Maybe one Alabama fan or Alabama players weren't sitting there silent. They were talking. It was yeah, just a jawing back and yeah. forth. You don't touch. You don't touch an opposing player. You want to grab. Shaw was getting ready to. I mean. There was getting ready to be something bad happen right in front of that Alabama. If fan. you want to grab your player and push him back, like it must last night when Devo did yeah. this and it could have escalated. If Must would have grabbed Devo and pushed him away or grabbed him aside and pulled him away, that's fine. That's your player. That's your young man. You have a relationship with him. In no in no way, shape, or form. I don't care what the situation is. An opposing coach should never, 
ever in any way put his hands on a player. I know it wasn't a Woody Hayes Clemson incident last night, but my gosh, I was disgusted. Oates should be suspended. He should be fined. Heck, he should have a pinky cut off for what he did last night. <laughs> gosh, I hate that guy. Right. So what's your beef? My beef is an actual beef. Like, actual beef. Because I get home... Okay, a few days ago, got something going on with the car. I'm, I'm driving a different vehicle. I had to clean my stuff out of my car. And inside my car, Joey Clampett down at Clampett's Country Kitchen had given me a, about a one-pound, pound-and-a-half bag of beef jerky. Take it inside, and I put it in what I believe is a pretty good hiding hole in my closet, up on a shelf, <laughs> out of reach... I covered it up behind some other stuff on that shelf so no one else would steal it, right? No one else would eat it. I come home last night, go in my closet, take my shoes off, kind of get unwound, get getting some comfortable clothes to get ready to watch the game a little bit later on. I notice in this, in the floor, is a empty, completely empty Ziploc bag that once had a pound and a half of the finest beef jerky in the world from Clampett's Country Kitchen. <laughs> Any guess what happened? Dylan's getting tall now, so I'm guessing he reached up there and grabbed it. I, I can at least understand that or at least deal with that One a little of the bit dogs? Better. The dog got it oh. and ate every bit of it. I am just sick to my stomach because that was like my, my, my beef jerky supply for the rest of the month. I've got a couple in reserve that are in hiding, but, man, I'm telling you, that... that I was ready. To, I was ready. What, what, I won't say what you said about puppies last week because you know there was a lot of recoil about I, that. I, didn't, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. The audio doesn't exist. <laughs> but I was not happy with some full-grown dogs last night. I was ready to go Nate Oats on them last night for eating my beef jerky up. I can't blame the dogs, but I guess I'll blame me. I know this: they would be hidden on a higher shelf because this one, like this, was probably five and a half, six feet in the air. Somehow they climbed up there and uh, got into it and took the whole thing. As worked up as I just did, I'm surprised that you didn't get as uh, I, I get a you, you were a little what are you more do? It's a dog. a little more like just straight more, line here on the radio. Gates. Yeah, yeah, and I guarantee you, you were not. You were up and down last. I would have been. I was. I, I normally you you were right. I mean, but what was I going to do? I had a I had a friend that came over that was watching our dog Maggie one time lives in Orlando now and I was looking for it. I had some leftover bur a leftover burger and onion rings and I came back and he just ate he oh, yeah. eaten it. You leave anything out, our dogs, it it'll be gone. Same. I mean just but but don't touch my beef jerky now. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna mess with anything, I'd rather eat my filet mignon than my beef jerky. At uh particularly a pound and a half. That's two two weeks worth right there. So anyway, that's my my beef this morning. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
That's the best beef story we've had in a while, Tommy. I'll give you credit. Jerry and Fort Smith saying Very uh, good for me. Yeah. Uh, it is funny, though. We can laugh at our pain this 50 morning. 50 bucks of beef jerky, man. Uh, he said there's no way he could top your beef. Uh, ben of Little Rock said it is Kraft Family K9 approved, talking about Clampett's country oh, yeah. meat markets. Oh, yeah. Beef jerky. They had a smile on their face last night. Well, that's good. I think it was so Gracie. Both of them, one just one. I don't know. The way Gracie was acting, I, uh, I think it was Gracie. Well, at least you didn't uh, get on the airwaves and say something that could have caused bodily harm to one of your dogs, like someone on this mm-hmm. station may or may not have done last week. I don't know. The audio's been deleted, so. Uh, oh, deleted, huh? So you, you well, so you, you delete think, all your transgressions around here? Is that what you do? Is that your policy? And if they're going to come back and <laughs> roost, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, Arkansas basketball. By the way, someone from Pete is in the lobby waiting on you. So. I'll tell them they can kiss my you-know-what. Mm. All right. Arkansas basketball, one Big point. Talker. Yeah, you know me. I, Big talker. I talk to talk and I walk the walk, as did <laughs> L. Ellis last night, who apparently just kind of in practice earlier this week is like, yeah, I'm running with the ones, coach. To be honest with you, he jumped out there with the first unit. I was putting in a, a play, didn't call out five guys, and he jumped out there. I was already going to start him, but then when he did that, it kind of showed the whole staff like he wanted to be in that first group. I didn't call out a first five on purpose. I wanted to see who the first five that were eager to get out there as we were adding some. We need him to play well. I mean, he went three for 11, but the key was his rebounding. That's a career high. He played a lot of minutes last year. I mean, you look at those minutes every night, and for him to rebound the ball like he did, phenomenal. Y'all look at your three biggest wins. L. Ellis took over in overtime against Purdue. He had a really solid game against Duke. Six assists. Durham, North Carolina is where he's from. I guarantee you how much uh, that game is a massive game to him. Kid that wasn't even recruited by Duke. Own backyard. They're like, ah, we don't want you. And then last night, his stat line, 15-6-2. Six rebounds, two assists, 15 points. Didn't shoot the ball that great, but got to the free throw line, knocked down his free throws. I think, I'm forgetting who said it last week. You hope he assumes that point guard role. You do have the luxury of him in midfield back and forth. Keon's got to get stronger. We've seen it at points in conference play. He hasn't been an effective, especially coming off picks, coming off ball screens. He's just a smaller guy. He's a frailer guy, so he's got to get stronger. He's got to, again, get by some of that contact. L's a veteran. He's been around the block. Again, he didn't play on a great team last year in Louisville. They were horrible. This guy wants to win. I mean, you heard him refer to it a little while ago. It's like, I'm not used to playing in front of crowds this big. He likes this, and at points he's looked really good. Hopefully that is a jump start for him in conference play because they need him down the stretch. Yeah, rebounding still, um, as Coach talked about, something they've got to solve. They only had three offensive boards in the game. You look at second-chance points, A&M 25-9 had the edge on the Razorbacks last night. That you know They're going to close strong, and, that, and that's a huge if. Um, they, that's a problem that we, we've known for a while. Nothing's really changed, and it's got to get fixed, or you're going to have to make a whole lot more threes moving forward. And they made seven last night, but you're going to have to have that's going to have to be like your your minimum number every game to keep you in these contests. We referenced this earlier. Arkansas is now fifty six and one to, uh, and one all time under Eric Musselman and Bud Walton Arena when they hold a lead heading into half, and they're now twenty and zero all time when that lead is. By more than 14 points. Thank you, Odd Stats, again for keeping up with all these crazy off the wall stats mm-hmm. that you do. 
with the Arkansas basketball program. All right, speaking of Arkansas basketball, Jordan Walsh has been called up to the Boston Celtics. He's been playing with the main Celtics, the G League team. We'll see if he plays tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Kind of waiting on that. Uh, Kane Womack, who played here at Arkansas, was uh, the son of Dame, Wol- Dame Womack, Tommy, who was the former defensive coordinator here. I think he went to Fayetteville High School as well. I remember reading that right. Uh, he's the new D.C. to Alabama. It's a South Alabama wow. head coach, and now he is uh, he's now in Tuscaloosa. He, he worked under Kalen DeBoer. I think it was at Indiana, he said, question mark, but that's the uh, the connection, and he is uh, heading to Tuscaloosa, it sounds like. Yeah, it uh, big step up, and that's the kind of job Alabama is. You leave a head coaching post. You said he's a head coach there, a head coaching mm-hmm. post to, to be a coordinator at a school like Bama. That's the... That, that's that's what Bama commands. Yep. Last thing here, D1 Baseball. we got some rankings for you. A lot of SEC teams featured inside the top ten, including your Arkansas Razorbacks, who check in at number three. So I think perfect game had them at two, and then now D1 Baseball has them at three. Uh, Arkansas Baseball highly thought of heading into this season. And, again, about a month off till we start getting that. Well, it um – it, 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 baseball have too many polls. I heard Phil talk about this the other day. We got you know it's confusing and it's hard to keep up with. Is there too many polls in baseball? D one baseball is the one that NCAA uses. I think that one's probably the best one. You got collegiate baseball, perfect game. I think there's another outlet or two. Yeah, it's it's confusing. I understand where Phil's coming from on that. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning on a beautiful Wednesday, following a win over the Aggies. Brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888-8-SPARKY. JR has called in this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. JR, welcome in to a What's Your Beef Wednesday Fall and a Razorback win. Hey, how you guys doing? A lot better than we would have if uh, Wade Taylor had been the last shot maker last night. Man, he was he was throwing it down, wasn't he? Uh, it was quite a performance on his end, so... Yeah, hey, no, he looked this, he looked great, no question. Yeah, this is what's your beef Wednesday, correct? Is that is that how that goes? That's it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my beef, and you guys hear me out, okay? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the way that the college situation in the NIL and all that stuff is set up right now, and this goes for football, basketball, I guess every every facet of the athletic department. As it stands right now, if I understand this right, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, but right, right now as it stands, <clears throat> these players with these NIL contracts that have money that is coming in do not have to report the amount that they're getting. Is that correct? That's my understanding, yes. Okay. So at what point do college universities, um, you know, what what – What's going to keep that from being uh, an issue with the fan base? Because this is where I stand with that. If you have a player, I mean, they want to get paid like professional sports players and all that stuff, which, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. At what point does the university start, you know, cutting them, trading them, all that stuff? Because, I mean, the coaches don't even know what they make. Yeah, I, I, I know some coaches have referenced that. That's a good question, Jr. I don't know if I have all the answers. Some scholarships have been taken away due to injuries. It's kind of the uh, 
the untold secret of collegiate sports. It doesn't happen as often as some would speculate and make you think, but that that does happen sometimes during the course of injuries where a guy or gal loses a scholarship, either coming out of high school or when they're transferring at this point. As far as cutting guys, I don't know if we're going to see that until we get into collective bargaining. If they form a players union, again, a lot of different tentacles to that conversation, but as you brought up, I think people would be surprised at some of the amounts players make. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You know, it is a Watch Your Beep Wednesday. Now, the afternoon started off with basketball because of Tennessee. But I'm going to tell you, I could get on board with some of this 4 o'clock basketball rather than, you like it. Rather than that 8 o'clock game. I, I, think yeah. I, could get on, I, could, I think I could get on board with some of that. JT and Laurel, Mississippi, saying the yeah. same thing. He only got to watch a half and missed the, the second half last night. He is with you and yeah. many others. Uh, it's, not, uh, yeah. it's not great. Clay Henry is with us now. Uh, he's on two there, Christian. Uh, Clay, I, I, you know. Us old guys, we I, I could avoid some of these eight o'clock starts. That four o'clock Tennessee start didn't bother me yesterday. Yeah, that would be okay with me too. Yeah. I just uh, <clears throat> I just came out two early mornings at duck camp, so I, you know, as far as staying up late, that's that's tough on on an old bird Before like me. You, speaking of, speaking of that, my wife sent me to the store last night about I don't know five o'clock or something like that. I had to go get some stuff that we were out of, and I'm walking through the parking lot and I hear the voice of Clay Henry. What is going on here? I'll turn look. You weren't anywhere. Someone had the radio up. You were telling stories of Duck Camp, I guess, with Ruskin and Zach. I could hear you through the parking lot. So I don't know who was listening, but they had you turned up loud. They were they were listening. They I, like duck hunting. Well, I guess so. And I, uh, you know, I heard it's a little you, slice of Arkansas. I, I heard you talk about the the good food. It sounded like you didn't hunt much. You just you just went to eat. Is what it was I, way too cold. You, Everything you, was iced up. Yeah, I, I heard you talking about you, you're going to get put on a diet after your uh, your two escapades to Duck Camp here. Yeah, I think uh, that's the way it's going to be. But that's—I just need to exercise a little bit. I mean, it just a lot—a little bit will go a long way as far as my exercise. Yeah, there's those. You mean like any? I can. Clay, I'll send you some five-pound dumbbells yeah. for you. Okay, there's some three and five-pound. We got pound those. Dumbbells. You got those? Yeah, we got those. Okay. I'm looking at yeah, the dumbbell. I mean, yeah, I was. You beat me to it. <laughs> I was going there. I, I, I work with the dumbbell every morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, get one on one side of you, one on the other yeah. side of you. It's like, whatever. You guys are hating on Big C this morning. That's kind of mean to do as, this. As Ben Scully would say, high fly ball deep to right field. <laughs> she is gone. Yeah. I mean, that was just teed up. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, yeah, no one's well, ever, uh, no one's ever accused me of being intelligent. I, I don't, I don't have success in this industry because of that. And let's just let's be call a spade a spade. Well, why, why do you? 
Uh, my charm. Never mind. Good Never looks. Mind. Yeah. Good Never hair mind. when it grows back. There's a lot of reasons, Clay. I don't, but we don't have time to go into it after an Arkansas victory for the first time. That was pretty good. Play. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. By the way, Clay, did you know on on the on the duck hunting side of things, you know, there's multiple different types of camo. I learned that last week. It's not just like one. <laughs> there's multiple yeah. types, different patterns. Just yeah. to depending help on what you're look. doing. Yeah, I mean, you you've got some that's that's uh, really perfect for snow. You've got some that's perfect for desert. And because of a desert storm, you know, and the the battles that we fought in. Uh, you know, in the Gulf Wars, the, there's been a big surge in, you know, that, you know, the desert camo, and it all works. It doesn't really matter. Then you've got the the mossy oak, then you've got, uh, you know, that's that's really geared up for big leaves, and then you've got, you know, then you've got some other kinds as well. I mean, it, and they all work. That's the that's the major thing, the big takeaway. They all do. Uh, and we'll... So uh, you don't... Don't put your, turn your nose down because that, nobody's got the the latest camo because the old camo still works. I think I think the one I got was old, so that's fun. All right, let's take a call. Scott has called in this morning from Little Rock on the Central Arkansas on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. He's got a question for Clay this morning. Morning, Scott. Hey, how you doing? Good, buddy. Well, it's actually it, it's not as much a question as a story that I want to tell Clay that I wanted to get an opportunity for probably the last 40 years to tell him that in 1985, my wife and I, I would have been 24 years old and my wife was 19. We drove to Landover, Maryland to see Arkansas play Georgetown. And we, we, that game, I guess if I remember correctly, it was on Sunday. And that evening after the game was over, we had driven there. So we were staying and the team had flown back after getting their clock cleaned, and we go down to the restaurant there at the hotel, and who is sitting there but my sports idol columnist, uh, Orville Henry, and here I am, a 24-year-old, and my wife's 19, and we're wearing Razorback gear, and everybody's left, and we speak to him. He says, well, sit down with us, and we got to sit down and spend about an hour. He invited us to sit at his table and eat dinner with him, and it was one of the biggest treats of my life for about an hour. He ran off history of when he started covering the Razorbacks and told us more stories. I wish my memory was good enough to remember them, but I was just in awe to be sitting there with somebody I had been reading since I started following sports, which was a number of years before that, but it was such a treat, and he was so kind to us. And then, if that doesn't top it off, about after Nolan came on, probably four years later, four or five years later, I was in Houston seeing the Razorbacks by myself, seeing the Razorbacks play Hawthorne's, in Hawthorne's Pavilion. And I rented, uh, or excuse me, took a cab there to the game, was not able to get a cab to pick me up. Talked to Mr. Henry, and he actually gave me a ride back to my hotel, which was down from Hawthorne's. So anyway, I just wanted to share those two stories with, with uh, Clay and Clay Tell me if I remember this right. It seems like your dad told me he started covering the Razorbacks when he was, I want to say, 16 years old. Well, probably not then. It was probably be probably more like when he was 18. So, um, you know, he was still in high school at that time. When he graduated from high school, he started working at the at the Gazette, and then World War II happened, and it you know it kind of wiped out the staff. He was 4F because of some injuries. 
and he couldn't go to the war. So he he says that he became sports editor because of a void. No no men left. That's what he said. Um, and but but you're right. He 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 was covering the Razorbacks early on. That was a pretty good story, Scott. We appreciate you you sharing that with us this morning. It's also uh, that was a pretty good game last night. I know for uh, for L. Ellis and. Uh, Tremont Mark, they kind of called it a starting point for this basketball team in the press conference. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like it's the start of some some good for us. We just got to keep being better. Yeah, I just feel like we got to keep being better every day in practice, before a game, just locking our our assignments, execute, just keep being better. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's gonna be a start of something good. Like you said, um, most teams I did this in the past. So, and that was just one of the things that we talked about during the week. We had a real good talk as a team. Um, we just felt like this game was the one that we really needed to get things going. Clay, they're now 10-1 and one in Bud Walton Arena since the Aggies have joined the SEC. Uh, even if Texas A&M was thought to be the better team, they were a betting favorite heading into last night. This team, despite giving up a huge lead, 20 points at one point, just found a way to claw back and, and get a dub. Yeah, they had 20-point lead several times. It wasn't just once. Uh, I would I would think that uh, this is a, is a confidence boost, but... Uh, you know they've got to play better than that. They, they they still have some of the same deficiencies. Their inside work was non-existent in the second half. You know, and part of it was foul trouble. I mean, but it's you know you, your offense is it's a little bit scary when you say everybody go get in a corner or on the you know stand on the out of bounds line and we're going to go one on five and that's what they did a couple of times and it worked. But that's not that that's not a, uh, an area that uh, that you can you know make your living at. I mean, you you've got to have an inside presence. Um, I I think that they they made some progress defensively, but they still gave up too many straight line dribbles to the to the to the basket, and it wasn't just one player; it was a, it was a lot of players. Um, that will. Uh, that won't help them you know, going forward. Yeah, 19 offensive rebounds they gave up. I know Texas A&M ended up shooting 32%, but you got to clean up the glass a little better at that time. And Arkansas is just smaller. I mean, Chandler Lawson, I know he's got the wingspan at 7'6", but he's 6'8". Trevin's a slender 6'10". I know you like the 6'10 aspect, but this is just a smaller basketball team, and that's an area they're probably going to beat. get beat a good chunk of games is on the glass. They're just going to have to find other ways to kind of supplement their their uh their lack of success in that in that statistic yeah not just the the rebounding but being able to score inside you know i i would like to see somebody be able to you know to do something occasionally on the low block and uh, haven't seen too many teams that that win a lot of games without putting one player uh inside the lane and you know that's what they did a lot in their offense last night i'm not sure that that was really an offense it was Isolation and one on one, and um, you know there, the play before that resulted in two free throws. You know Texas A&M played it right, just didn't play it quite as well. They just they just put three guys on on Mark and you know tried to stop the dribble, but they fouled. Um, that's what teams will do, and then you're you know then you're going to be shooting a three pointer, throwing it to somebody that's standing you know twenty five feet away. I the they they got away with it last night but that to me is not you know a standard you know college basketball offense what can you do to fix the rebounding issue what what you know they've seemingly pushed every button pulled every lever in some regards is 
Is this just who this team's going to be, or can they ever yeah, catch I up think, on the rebounding battle? Yeah, it's it's going to have to be by committee. I mean, it's it's uh, guards are going to have to rebound, and you saw L. Ellis get six rebounds last night. And you know, when he came here, he wasn't getting any rebounds. So he understands for him to play, he's got to go chase down loose balls. And you know, a lot of those rebounds they are loose balls. You know, there it's not that you've got to go take it off the glass. You know, the ball bounces funny places. You got to be first. And just that just comes down to want to, and you know, sacrificing your body, being able to go on the floor. And I, I, uh, I think they, you know, sometimes guards it takes a little while for them to realize that that's part of my job too. Uh, Devo's got to be a defensive rebounder. I mean, he's he's got the, the desire and want to at times to to fill that 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 little niche. Um, but uh, there's not. You know, Joe Klein's not walking in here. I mean, it's not Nicky Davis. They're, they don't have one of those guys, and and it, it's going to have to be all five of them clawing and scratching and going and getting the ball. And, and you know, it's um, it, it's it's going to have to happen if they're going to if they're going to have a 500 SEC record. Clay, you mentioned Devo getting some defensive rebounds. He also needs to to cut out the extracurriculars. I know he, again, wears his his heart on his sleeve, and you love him as an in-state kid, but two incidents in the last four games, even Makai Mitchell had a tech. I mean, it was a one-point game. That would have gone the other way. That's what we would have pointed to last night. Yeah, they missed the two free throws, which that that was a good thing. Uh, But there's just... There's crazy things that happen with him. I mean, it's not it's not the same thing from from one game to the next. But I saw something that really surprised me last night. He was down on the floor, and two or three teammates came to help him up and extended their arms, and he put his arms down on the floor and scooted away from them. And that's a bad sign, guys. He did not want help from a teammate. And uh, that I have never seen that with any Arkansas player, and usually, you know, that that's kind of a sign of a you know of good team chem- chemistry when players go to to a fallen teammate and help him off the floor. It's actually a team rule, and he pushed away from them, and that might be a serious uh, uh, clue to what's going on. And I, you know, it just it just didn't look good when I saw that. Well, you think about he was he was bush-tailed, wide-eyed freshman that we kind of latched on to because he led Arkansas to its first deep NCAA tournament run in twenty-plus years. Uh, sophomore has kind of an up-and-down year. Then junior year at Maui and stuff that happens, but then he just excels in the conference play with the best shooting percentage he's ever shot, not just in college, probably in Found high his school. Three-point shot, yeah, yeah, in high school as well. So he's had a. Um, an up and down career, but what you take solace in is he always seems to figure it out tournament time, and you just hope there isn't like a chasm or a, a gap that's split because they need him defensively and rebounding. He's still their best defender. He caused some issues for Wade Taylor last night, and they're at their best when he's at his best, Clay. Yeah, you got to have him. Um, you know, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, the You know, you saw a, a situation where you know things were looked like they were kind of unraveling, and and uh, A and M was making that comeback. You know, and it'd be a little spurt here, a little spurt there. It didn't all happen at once. And and uh, coach called Devo over and put his arms around him and talked to him a long time. I wished I could tell you what that conversation was about. It might really uh, tell us a lot about what's going on. But it, it's 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 weird. It's different. 
Tommy, you're you're you know veteran referee. The the kick for the ejection. I don't think I've ever seen that, but I think it was the right call. I you know when you use your your in, in the knee, the foot, your, your fist. I mean, by rule, I mean that that was that was an easy. I think an easy flagrant two call. And uh, you know Me here's too. the here's the thing that that stands out to me is just reading comments that have come into us on the McClarty Daniel hotline, looking on social media. I'd say it's about 80, 20 that most people agree. And I think fans to some degree are fed up with the antics or are fed up with the act a little bit with Devo. It's, I don't think it's just that one play. And I think if that was the only time we had seen something uh, of that nature out of Devo, people would rush to defend, but it, it's the shove in the Auburn game. It's things that have happened over the course of four years. Um, I, you know, I haven't read a lot of people that, that, that think that that was the wrong penalty for, for the act that, that happened with, what, four minutes and some change to go. The the defender was inside the cup, so any other contact would result in a blocking call. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you know, Devo can do anything he wants in there except that. Yeah. And he, he would have got two free throws. And I don't think the guy was trying to block the shot. He was a good two or three feet away from Devo when he went up. Devo was going to get the shot he wanted, you know, just a little soft bank in with his left hand. Uh, he had done all the hard work, and that that was uh, that's disappointing to see that because it really puts his teammates in a tough situation. Yeah, and he, he just I don't know what's leading to all the frustration, but it those are acts of frustration. Um, the way he, he is consistently, I agree with you, Tommy. Team. I don't know what's frustrating him. I don't know if it's something in the game or just the the whole ball of wax, but it's a it's an act of frustration. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.